Welcome to Pulse of the Caribbean Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at some of our Caribbean headlines for today. Motley calls snap Barbados general election for January 2022. Outgoing CARICOM chairman lauds country's approach to overcoming challenges. Haiti opens consulate in southern Mexico to address migration rise. St. Kitts and Nevis visa-free agreement and diplomatic partnerships reach historic high. Bills stop short of stipulating Guyanese have competitive advantages on contracts and Jamaica's digital vaccination card officially launched. These and other stories on today's Pulse of the Caribbean. Caribbean News Roundup for Tuesday, December 21st. We start our report today in Barbados. Sinkitz and Nevis Observer reports that Barbados's Prime Minister Mia Motley Monday night announced a snap general election for January 19, 2022, more than a year before it's constitutionally due. It is time to recalibrate as people behind one government and one leader, says Prime Minister Mia Motley. So Barbadians will go to the polls on January 19, 2022 to determine who will take the nation forward. Motley made the announcement on Monday evening during an address to the nation that was streamed live across various platforms. Nomination Day will be next Monday, January 3, 2022. This election comes a mere three years and eight months into Barbados's Labor Party term after winning all seats in May 2018. I need for us to unite around a common cause, unite behind a single government, unite behind a single leader, and let us unite to fight the threats to our safety, our development, and our prosperity, Motley said. The Prime Minister said she visited President Dam Sandra Mason earlier in the day to start the process. She vowed to support whoever emerges as this leader. Since the election will take place during the pandemic, Motley said some modifications will have to be put in place. Trinidad and Tobago's Newsday reports that despite the various difficulties Caribbean countries face from socio-political tension to natural disasters and the impact of COVID-19 pandemic, outgoing CARICOM chairman and Prime Minister of Antigua and Barbuda, Gaston Brown, says countries have used their resilience and intelligence to overcome challenges. In his end-of-the-year message, CARICOM members, Brown highlighted some of the challenges islands have faced for 2021, noting that despite the challenges, their neighbors were prepared to assist. Noting the assassination of Haitian President Jovenel Moïse in July, Brown described the act as abhorrent and reprehensible, but said despite the tragedy, of the leader's murder. He was pleased that Haitians remain relatively calm and reaffirmed CARICOM's commitment to promoting peaceful dialogue within the country. Brown also referred to the eruption of the La Sofria volcanic activity in St. Vincent and the Grenadines, which made one-third of the country uninhabitable and displacing one-fifth of the population. Despite such devastation, Brown said, the sense of community and camaraderie prevailed as neighboring Caribbean islands agreed to accept evacuees as relief workers from different countries lent assistance and praised members for their prompt response. Brown said through the challenges of the COVID-19 pandemic, he was grateful for the support from international partners like the United States, India, and African countries who donated vaccines, which were shared among Caribbean states at discounted costs, describing the transactions as an example of Caribbean unity. 
but also noted that while the vaccines are now available, there has been some challenges in convincing portions of the population to get vaccinated and encourage every citizen to take the vaccine as an act of goodwill towards others. Outside of these challenges, Brown said 2021 was a historic one for several reasons, as it marked the first ever CARICOM Africa Summit, which aimed to renew diplomatic and economic ties between African and Caribbean countries. He also noted the appointment of Belizean Dr. Carla Barnett as the first female secretary general of CARICOM heads of government and was optimistic she would be a valuable asset in promoting sustainable development in the region. Citing the debts of former prime ministers of Antigua and St. Vincent and the Grenadines, Dr. Lester Bryant Bird and Sir James Mitchell, respectively, Brown said their lives and work in the field of integration should serve as an inspiration to CARICOM in their work towards development. NBC News reports that Haiti on Friday opened a consulate in the southern Mexican border city of Tapachula in a bid to help manage migration, Mexico's government said, amid a steep increase in Haitians attempting to cross the U.S.-Mexico frontier this year. The opening of the consulate near the Guatemalan border is part of efforts between the governments of Mexico and Haiti to look after migrants from Caribbean nations inside Mexican territory, the Mexican government said in a statement. The rise in the number of Haitians making their way through Mexico has been spurred by economic malaise and devastation of the earthquake and political turmoil following the assassination of Haitian President Jovenel Moise in July. On Thursday last week, a caravan of around 3,000 migrants featuring many Haitians set off from Tapachula towards the U.S.-Mexico border, where mass arrivals of Haitian nationals sparked crisis for the U.S. Biden administration in September. Sink its Nevis Observer reports that as of December 2021, the Federation of Sink its and Nevis's visa-free and visa-on-arrival agreements total to an all-time high, according to Sink its Nevis Minister of Foreign Affairs and Aviation, the Honorable Mark Brantley. The historic revelation means that citizens of the small Eastern Caribbean nation can travel hassle-free to over 161 destinations worldwide, including major business hubs in Asia, Europe, Africa, and the Americas. The latest countries to partner with Sinkits and Nevis include Sao Tome and Principe. On December 16, the two nations signed a full visa waiver agreement, Principe through the high representatives of both countries in New York. A few months ago, Foreign Minister Brantley traveled to Serbia and signed a visa waiver agreement with Palestine and with African nations Burkina Faso and Gabon. These partnerships have moved Sinkits and Nevis ahead of Mexico and Israel, leveling with Barbados for the number one passport in the Caribbean region and 24th globally. 
During his budget 2022 presentation last week, Minister Brantley said that the Ministry of Foreign Affairs and Aviation shall continue to seek means of convergence with all of our partners that we advance our discussions and actions around our mutual interests. He also added that the government will continue to build on key affiliations with partners such as Canada and the United States to further strengthen bilateral relations and forecast that face-to-face engagements at ministerial and ambassadorial levels would increase with quarantine and travel restriction ease. Sinkits and Nevis's increasing international diplomacy and travel partnerships are a major full factor for time-poor high net worth investors looking to obtain a second citizenship. According to the Citizenship by Investment Index, published by the Financial Times Professional Wealth Management magazine, Sinkits and Nevis is the Caribbean citizen by investment country with the most extensive visa-free and visa-on-arrival offering. The report also ranked the Federation Citizens by Investment Program as the world's best in 2021. In exchange for a financial contribution to the government fund, vetted foreign candidates and their families are awarded nationality and issued internationally respected citizenship that permits their bearers visa-free travel to over 161 of the world's 193 countries. The life-altering investment allows them to live, learn, and work in a fast-growing economic paradise and the opportunity to contact confidentially develop their businesses across the world. Crider News reports that in light of complaints that oil companies have a long payment period that can last a minimum 90 days, the Guyana's People Progressive Party Civic Government's Local Content Bill 2021 has sought to put in place a mechanism that would pave the way for Guyanese to have more competitive advantage. The bill states that the oil companies must provide Guyanese nationals or companies with timely and appropriate access to contracts and payment terms that facilitate competitive financing. Even as the well-intentioned provision demands better terms, its failure to specifically state that oil companies must pay local companies within a period that is shorter than 90 days can still be left open to interpretation and abuse. The bill calls for oil companies and their subcontractors to provide the government's local content secretariat with a procurement subplan that includes a supply chain management strategy. In that strategy, the companies are required to present a forecast of required goods and services, identify the goods and services to be procured from qualified Guyanese nationals and Guyanese companies, provide Guyanese nationals or Guyanese companies with timely and appropriate access to information, business opportunities, joint venture and partnership opportunities, technology and know-how, procurement systems and procurement suited to the scale and capacity of the local market, and performance management systems and procedures with feedback and support for improvement. 
Jamaica Information Service reports that Jamaica's Ministry of Health and Wellness has launched the digitization of Jamaica's COVID-19 vaccination card. The digital card will be made available on the ministry's website. It features quick response code to enable the validation of the information on the card and of person's vaccination status. The digital card is accessible via a mobile phone or other electronic device and provides for ease of travel as the QR code is readable on international platforms. It is also the capacity to generate a new card on demand. The card can be downloaded or generated in printable format. The digital card, which is internationally accepted, was developed in accordance with the World Health Organization standards. Portfolio Minister Dr. the Honorable Christopher Tufton, in his address at the virtual launch, said the initiative forms part of ongoing efforts to enhance the national COVID-19 vaccination program in Jamaica. It is global, it is accepted, and it will certainly place us in a tier among the world's population that allows us easier freedom of movement as it relates to the screening aspect around the COVID-19 response, he said. Dr. Tufton said that the system has built-in security mechanisms to protect personal information. He also reminded persons to be selective of the entities or individuals with which they share their digital vaccination card. Members of the National Vaccination Operalization COVID-19 Task Force, Peter Melhado, said this latest development is an important addition to the island's current suite of digital solutions, including the ministry's COVID-19 vaccination management platform and online scheduling software. What that means is that Jamaica now boasts a complete digital end-to-end experience from scheduling through to record management and now digital certification, he said. Mr. Melhado noted that the system will also allow for input of information on COVID-19 booster shots. This function is to be made available by the third week in January 2022. Monitoring and evaluation specialists with the United Nations Children Fund UNICEF, Donette Edmondson said, the organization's support of the initiative is in keeping with its global COVID-19 mitigation efforts. With the certification being launched, Jamaicans now have the ability to provide certified proof of their vaccination status with the touch of a button. As people move around the world again, this will help us to travel with a bit more ease and to have quick access to the certification wherever it is requested, she observed. Weatherboy.com reported on Monday that 10 earthquakes struck Puerto Rico in a 24-hour period. Despite those shakes, there was no tsunami threat to the island, the Caribbean, or the U.S. East Coast at the time. According to the U.S. Geological Survey, most of the earthquakes struck along the southwestern portion of Puerto Rico with a lone quake in the western part. The earthquakes were too weak to generate a tsunami. They range in intensity from 
from magnitude 2.5 event to a 2.9 event. The 2.9 magnitude event struck near Guanica, Puerto Rico. It is likely that the earthquakes are aftershocks from a seismic event that unfolded in 2020. In January 2020, a 6.4 created extensive damage in Puerto Rico, including widespread power failures across much of the island. An earthquake swarm started in the area in December 2019, and the seismic unrest has continued since. The earthquakes are occurring near the northern edge of the Caribbean plate, a mostly oceanic tectonic plate underlying Central America and the Caribbean Sea off of the north coast of South America. The Caribbean plate borders the North American plate, the South American plate, the Nizia plate, and the Cocos plate. The borders of these plates are home to ongoing seismic activity, including frequent earthquakes, occasional tsunamis, and sometimes even volcanic eruptions. The Virgin Islands Consortium reports that the U.S. Virgin Islands Governor Albert Bryan took steps to curtail the rapid spread of what is believed to be the Omicron variant of COVID-19 in the U.S. Virgin Islands as an extremely transmissible strain of the two-year-old virus continues to plague humankind. With active infections at 544 as of Sunday in the U.S. Virgin Islands, the highest active caseload since the onset of the pandemic in March 2020. Mr. Bryan, during his Monday press briefing, announced a cancellation and scale-back Crucian Christmas Festival on St. Croix that was planned for January 4th through 6th. We cannot have people walking around the agricultural fairgrounds interacting, he said. The governor said his administration would try to do an event later in January or perhaps February to make up for the cancellation. He also announced that beginning today, bars, nightclubs and restaurants must stop selling alcoholic beverages at 11 p.m. Those same businesses are to shut down every night at midnight. Recognizing the curtail hours of operation stand to stymie many plans, Mr. Bryan said the aforementioned businesses will be allowed to stay open until 2 a.m. for New Year's Eve celebrations and that the sale of alcoholic beverages must end at 1 a.m. The governor also stressed that law enforcement officers were exhausted dealing with the pandemic and he warned businesses again flouting the order as they would be shut down for 30 days. The order will continue through January 10, 2022, the governor said. The territory's positivity rate stood at 11.6% as of Monday, a drastic increase from last week's 1.6%. The territory turned away two cruise ships recently because their positivity rates had surpassed the agreed-upon threshold of 1%. One ship was at 1.2% while the other was at 1.9% positivity, the latter having 4,500 passengers. And finally, St. Kitts Nevis Observer reports that carnival festivities are in full swing in St. Kitts and Nevis with the annual Juve. This year's event is once again taking place in a bubble environment unlike the 2020 edition. Only persons vaccinated against coronavirus COVID-19 were allowed to enter the flow ground. The event had to be transferred to the flow ground due to a huge demand for tickets, which were priced at 
at 40 EC dollars. Only 75% of the ground's capacity is being used to comply with COVID-19 regulations. Carnival in St. Kitts and Nevis is celebrating 50 years under the theme, Fun Vibe Energy. This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Tuesday, December 28. I'm Keisha Wallace. For more Caribbean news stories and information, visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com and be sure to like and follow us on Facebook, now Meta.